and welcome to a long overdue episode of What in Tarnation, Tar Heel Blog's hot take podcast. I'm Tanya Bondurant, and with me as always is Brandon Anderson. Brandon, how have you been since the world fell apart? More or less, I've been okay, um, all things considered. There's been a lot going on, and yet not a lot going on all at the same time. It's been weird. How have you been? I've been all right. Um, I think weird is probably underselling how it has been. Um, We were together at the ACC tournament when we found out that Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus. And our lives have truly not been the same since. Yeah, that feels like that was last year. It's just everything. Yeah, it's everything's just been moving so slow. And now that you even mentioned that, I mean, how weird was that tournament? Like, my God. I mean, we got smoked by Syracuse, and like, that was the last thing that I was even able to remember just now sitting here thinking about it. Yeah, it was really weird, and I remember sitting on press row and refreshing Twitter the whole time, and all the updates were coming in about what the NBA was going to do, and, like, it was the most surreal game I've ever been to. It was very difficult to concentrate on what was going on, and it just felt very... uh, insignificant compared to what was happening elsewhere in sports. And then we weren't sure, like, if Carolina had won, we'd already been told that, like, the fans weren't going to be allowed in the next day. But then everything was canceled altogether, rightfully so. And it has been a very wild ride ever since then. Which I guess... uh, you know, considering where things were when sports got shut down and where things are today when they're talking about bringing sports back, it's kind of crazy because, yeah. I mean, things are undoubtedly worse now than they were when they kind of nixed everything. They are. And... I feel like a lot of it is, and you know, I know that there may be somebody listening that may not completely agree with this and that's okay. But I just feel like after a while, people just got bored and tired and were losing money and things like that. So they decided, you know what, we're kind of over all this. And because they decided that they're over all this, like numbers have just spiked so drastically And now teams in different sports are trying to do this like isolated restart of their seasons and players and staff are getting sick now too. And it's happening even in college. Like I forget off the top of my head, didn't they find that some Clemson players had it? A number of Clemson players, a number of Alabama players, um, I want to say there were rumors that there were Georgia players and Georgia was trying to keep it quiet. Yeah. It's 
it's pretty widespread. Yeah. And I just feel like we we all want sports comeback. I think that us even working for a sports site, we especially want sports to come back because otherwise we have next to nothing to talk about. We are um, so bored. Right. And, you know, that causes domino effects in, on the back end, but that's neither here nor there. But, like, we all want it to come back. But also, I think in the, you know, the larger scale of things, it's just not smart. Yeah. And I mean, I think the fact that all of these cases have popped up, I know baseball announced that they were going to try to start a season in the next few weeks, and already several teams have had players test positive. Um, It just seems like a really, really bad idea. And as much as I would love to have sports back and as much as sports being back would help establish a sense of normalcy I think the fact of the matter is that nothing is normal right now and we're trying to like shoehorn that back into our society and I really really worry about what the effects of that are going to be yeah big time um also college kids are nasty College kids are terribly nasty. We've both been there. We know. Like, college kids are gross. Yeah. And getting them to not spread their germs around seems impossible. I mean, they have to be in classrooms. They have communal bathrooms and dorms. They go to parties and stuff. And we can all pretend like they're not going to do that. They're going to do that. No matter what they're told not to do, they're going to do it. Because it's college. Like, you put them in a college atmosphere, they're going to do all of these things. And I feel like the way that at least UNC has been talking about setting it up, because I don't know how other schools are doing it, to where they're going to try to isolate players and all that, that's all fine and good. But I feel like that only works if you were to, like, literally drop a bubble down on campus that just surrounded those houses and those like practice facilities. I think you're asking a lot to basically keep these kids in some type of like confinement. Mm -hmm. Um, But that all that is to say also like you're still bringing people back and within proximity of other people. I mean, these players are already the only ones on campus right now and they're already having cases. So yeah. it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, when you're dealing with something that's like this infectious, where, I mean, you hear stories about 13 people go out to dinner and 12 of them come back with it or whatever it is. Like, it's clearly a very, very easily transmissible disease when you have people in such close quarters it's pretty impossible to keep them from coming in contact with the outside world when you come in contact with the outside world you run the risk of someone picking it up and then it spreads to an entire team of people and i think that's really the issue that all of these teams are going to run into is 
no matter how careful you are and how much you test the players, if they come in contact with anyone outside of the little bubble, which inevitably they will, every time they do, you run a risk that that person is infectious. And I think football probably has a better chance than most other sports because it's outside and it seems to be agreed upon that coronavirus doesn't spread as easily outdoors, but you still have a ton of people in a, like a limited space. And I mean, football teams are huge. So I think it's going to be a real issue and it's one that there isn't a whole lot of time to figure out. I mean, I know there's been a lot made of second wave, but it kind of looks like the first wave is not even like crested yet. So I don't know. It feels like a very long road ahead. Yeah. And I mean, I think going when it comes to the football thing, I think the other challenge is that football is a contact sport. So you're right. literally talking about people kind of, you know, sweating on each other, tackling each other, breathing on each other. That's not to count the fact that on the sidelines, they're all huddled up in the locker rooms. They're all huddled up in film rooms. They're all huddled up. Like it's, it's really hard to keep distance. Now you can test everybody and, hopefully if you have zero cases, like you're good for a little bit, but kind of like what you were saying, it's just hard to keep people from people in the outside. I feel like it's almost impossible. So it's just, I don't know. I, my biggest fear I think is that the NCAA is going to try to force the issue that they're going to ignore whatever's going to be happening by the time that the season is supposed to start, and they're just going to start it. And If professional leagues are any indication where they're doing exactly that. Yeah. I mean, the NBA has sent all of their players to Florida, which is one of the worst states in the country. Yeah, I don't know why they chose Florida. I have no idea why they chose Florida. There are so many other places. Really bad idea. Right. If you had to play in a high school basketball gym in like Wyoming or something, you should probably do that. I don't know why you would pick Florida. I really don't. Seems like a really bad idea. It's a really, really bad idea. Um, And I don't know. Like, do you think we're going to actually see sport like college sports in 2020? I think that's incredibly difficult to to answer because if you had asked me this question two weeks ago, I think I would have told you, yes, that I, I do think that college sports, whether a good idea or not, will happen this fall. But I think the combined rising cases, the concern over a second wave, which may just be the first wave extended, and the fact that other like sport leagues are having a hard time with bringing players back and then having positive tests, I could see a situation where those don't work and college 
learns from that and decides that they're not doing it. Um, I could also see a situation where it's just pushed back. Right. Like to the spring. But I think there are so many moving parts and unfortunately a lot of people willing to ignore what seems like the obvious answer that it makes it difficult to know like what will actually happen. But I think if you see like the NBA or MLB start play and have to suspend their season because of cases, I could see college just saying like, they're not going to go ahead as planned. Right. What do you think? I think that up until yesterday, I was very pessimistic on the issue. Like I just didn't see any way that it was going to happen. Um, I know that they were talking about ways to make it happen, but honestly, it just, nothing was making enough sense in my mind to justify things starting back up. Um, but I'm not an AD. I'm not working for the NCAA or anything like that. But I think the shred of optimism that I have, and it's a very teeny tiny shred, is that Anthony Fauci um, said that he is cautiously optimistic that we will have a vaccine by the end of this year. And I think that is going to determine a lot. I'm not going to say that players and coaching staffs of sports are going to be the first people to get these vaccines. But I guess that is to say there's at least a chance that they could. And I think when there's a chance that they could, I mean, colleges and the NCAA and when you go into the pro sports and all that stuff, like they're probably going to be willing to cough up whatever money they need to, to get everybody vaccinated. Um, so I would say that there's a chance that it could happen this year safely, um, but not for much of this year. But I think probably the more realistic situation is what you were talking about where they might just push stuff back and that could work. I think there's some sports you may have to skip just because there'd be too many sports overlapping. Like when you already have basketball that leans a little bit more into the following calendar year than the, you know, fall and winter portions of, I guess, the college school year. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's just, if you're trying to have like, Soccer, both teams, football, and then, you know, whatever other fall and winter sports make up ground in the spring. That is a lot happening in college athletics all at once. It is, and I'm I'm sure what that ends up meaning is, like, they'll probably try to do the revenue sports and everything else will kind of just happen when it happens. And that's an excellent point. Because a lot of, I mean, the schools are going to want to make their money. That's that's really that's really it. They're going to want to make their money. So I think that's a definitely a good point. If they have a way to recover any money that they would have lost, um, 
if they for you know if they decide not to do football or something i mean yeah the spring would be the best time to make up for that do you think fans will be allowed in if there are sports this fall i'm going to say no i just don't think it's worth it i mean i know that fans being at the games are what help the revenue portion of revenue sports, but also it's just way too risky. I don't know how much liability could be placed upon these schools if that were to take place. Um, I want to say in the state of North Carolina, they said something about you could have 500 maybe in this current phase. Um, at a sporting event, which is basically enough to make up for like media staff, um, that type of thing. But it's not really a number that is good for having fans, especially when you're talking about football. Um, so yeah, I, I just I have a hard time seeing that right now. What do you think? I mean, my gut is no. And I mean, I can safely say that I don't believe I will want to attend a game anytime soon. But I could see a situation where maybe not in North Carolina, but definitely other states try to make it happen. Um, I believe I saw a tweet yesterday that said that um, Ohio State was planning on having like somewhere in the range of like 50,000 people at their stadium. I think that's wildly optimistic and probably yeah. quite dangerous. But It's extremely dangerous. Um, I guess we will see what happens if football happens. But I, I would... Even if it's a, a thing that's allowed, you will not catch me there, I guess is the best that I can say. It was nerve-wracking enough being at the ACC tournament. Like I, I know we've kind of already went over that, but I, I just cannot express enough how bizarre it was, how weird everybody was acting, how weird the air in that building felt. It was and just, it's worse now than it was then. Exactly. I think that's exactly. the thing that I keep coming back to is like it was much better then than it is now. And they closed everything down. So what makes us think that it's a good idea to open anything now? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that we were going to talk about, honestly, kind of revolves around coaching staff and how the coaches for both football and basketball are at high risk. And right. I think that in particular, um, Roy Williams, he spoke about a little, he, he spoke a little bit about that when he did an interview on a podcast with John Rothstein, where he was just like, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not going to, I'm just, paraphrasing of course but he basically was saying that he didn't feel a hundred percent comfortable coaching if mm -hmm. basketball were to happen this year 
And understandably so. Like he is in that group where like if he gets it, like that's a scary situation. Yeah. And I think um, Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, and he's not alone in that. I mean, Shashevsky, Bayheim, like there are a lot of coaches in the ACC who fall into that same category. Yeah. And I think that begs the question, like, if they do try to do basketball, like, does Roy Williams coach? I can't imagine him not coaching. But also, I would be very afraid for him. I mean, he's had not super significant health issues, but he's run into a few health issues in the last few years. And I don't know. I would be very nervous about what would happen with him putting his health on the line like that. But I mean, we know Roy, if they roll the basketball out there, it seems likely that he'll be there, but it's a very nerve wracking situation. Yeah. And I think the tough thing about him and his staff is that there's not really a good plan B because Hubert Davis is also uh, if I remember right, he's at that age where it's a bit risky and Steve Robinson. And I mean, I, I'm like, my brain is going down to like Sean May, who has 50. You are calling him old. 50? Yeah. I mean, it, it's still just, I don't know. I, I feel like I've been processing this whole thing in a very like if you are in like you know the 45 plus i i feel like i would be nervous but that's just me like i just but it's definitely a lot worse for yeah roy williams than yeah i guess hubert davis who's 50 (laughs) he he's a good looking 50 though (laughs) But yeah, like I think I think that should be part of the calculus is like how many coaches are at high risk, how many players are at high risk. I mean, different people have different situations that they're dealing with. Um, and I think that that should play into whether, they bring sports back, especially for college where it's not as simple as maybe it is in the like professional leagues. But yeah. I mean, I think we would all hate to lose like a year of Sam Howell or whatever it is. But I just think that if things continue the way that they're going, I don't see how it will make sense to start up sports where you're packing like 50 some guys into a locker room or whatever. But I guess we will have to see if particularly North Carolina can get a hold of their cases. North Carolina seemed to be doing pretty well for a while and then seemed like Memorial Day, everything kind of just went downhill and has been sliding downhill ever since. But I think 
what happens over the next month or two will really be a determining factor in whether we think starting sports up again is realistic or just like a seriously dangerous pipe dream. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes really. Um, I, I keep thinking about how the cases just kind of went back up after we started doing this phase one, phase two stuff. I think there might be some places that went into phase three. I don't, I don't really know, but it just seems like things probably should have scaled back a little more. It doesn't seem like that's in anybody's conversations right now, which is kind of disappointing when you look at what's happening in other places of the world, but we're just, we're just us, Tanya. (laughs) We are, we don't, we don't call the shots. So. Unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, to kind of switch gears into maybe happier news. Um, so one of the things that has still kind of been chugging along is recruiting and in particular football recruiting has been quite kind to the Tar Heels. Um, it's been wild to look at where we're at now compared to where we were a few years ago because um, I was working on the recruit cap. I want to say it was either last week or the week before. And UNC is ranked fourth nationally when it comes to the 2021 class. They are just behind Ohio State, Clemson, and Tennessee. They have 11 four-star recruits, five three-star recruits. And in the ACC, they are second just behind Clemson and trailing pretty far behind them is Florida State. And I think what's most impressive about this is so many of the recruits are from North Carolina. And it's just, it's been mind-blowing what Mac Brown's been able to do and more or less what he's been able to clean up since he's gotten back. Yeah, I mean, the North Carolina thing was always Larry Fedora's weak spot, and the comments that came out after he was not the coach anymore were very concerning as far as, like, high school coaches go. Mac Brown has changed that pretty much immediately, and, I mean – North Carolina kids should want to go to UNC and it should be a thing where more often than not, we're able to get them to stay home. I think what Matt Brown has done in such a short amount of time has been really impressive, but it's good to see that even with like all of the restrictions that have been in place, it really hasn't slowed him down any in terms of bringing in, you know, what is shaping up to be the best class that we've had in a very, very long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just he's put together quite a staff that has been a big part of the success of bringing kids in. I mean, I think it's fair to say that Jay Bateman has had a massive impact on recruiting. And it's understandable why, because like we saw what happened this past season with, and for lack of a better way to put it, Larry Fedora's leftovers. And that defense was pretty good. I mean, was it the best defense that I've ever seen? No, but I feel like that defense was a large part of why the team was able to have the season that they did and managed to get a bowl win. And when you are able to put that type of product out on the field with, and I really don't mean any disrespect to any players, of course, but like when you're able to put that type of product on the field and then you turn around and bring in even better talent and it's just going to be so much fun. Like I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot to be said for having a full like group that is truly Mac Brown's and seeing how that gels with the foundation that's already there. It's, I mean, honestly, a lot of last season recruits for itself. Like if you are recruiting an offensive player, you can just like show them Sam Howell clips and be like this. Yeah. Hello. So there's that, but you know, I think that things are truly looking like it was not just some like fluky thing and Hopefully we are well on our way to getting back to a position of not being just like perennially disappointed. Um, (laughs) That would, that would be fun. I would enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like if nothing else, we should have no problem taking back the coastal. Yeah. If there is an issue, we did something terribly, terribly wrong because I feel like every other team is slipping and at least some of that has to do with the way that UNC has been recruiting because I feel like Virginia Tech was stealing recruits from us for a while. And, of course, some were going to Clemson, some were going to NC State. Um, Obviously, those are both in the Atlantic, but I guess point being like – now that UNC has gotten to keep some of those better recruits, it's just it's going to be really hard for UNC to be nothing or to be anything other than a constant contender in the Coastal and honestly a constant contender for the ACC title. I mean, they almost beat Clemson once again with that team that wasn't completely Mac Brown's creation. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I'm going to need everybody to wear their masks and wash their hands so that we aren't deprived of this season because it seems like it's going to be super fun and I need it to happen safely. So 
Yeah. Is that the best way to talk people into actually wearing masks <laughs> and staying socially distant? Get Mac Brown and Sam Howell on a commercial right now. Yeah. And just be like, like do, do, do you want football? Do, do you want to see this? Here's Wear what needs mask. to happen. They need they to play this. Like, yeah. like, we'll just get them all in there and just be like, listen, if you want to see us later this year, Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Yeah. I mean, what they could do is they could play the sad Sarah McLaughlin music and just have, like, Sam Howell get up in front of the camera and be like, for just a few months of social distancing, you could have both my sophomore and junior year of UNC football. Won't you please help us? Mm Mm-hmm. Get Roy Williams talking about how he's getting closer to retirement and how <laughs> Mac Brown, like, just, just, just really milk the thing. I think we should do this. Also, like, you can send us like the proceeds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I just we should go into marketing for the school. We could get this all worked out. Just, you know. And then we can be like, I'm not saying we like single-handedly cured coronavirus, but. (laughs) When you put the carrot on the stick and dangle it in front of the face, sometimes you get miracles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tanya, I did not put this in our itinerary, but I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. Okay. Do you have... I'll even extend it. I won't have like best of worst of the weekend, but do you have a best and worst of like the last couple months? (laughs) What could be the best? (laughs) Um, there is no best. There is no best. There really isn't. I, I think I got one. Okay. Um, I'll do best of the weekend specifically. Um, Nasir Little got his family a brand new car with his NBA money. That, that is a good thing. Yeah. That, that was, I don't know why I like seeing stuff like that. I think it's just because I know what these parents go through to help these kids get to the level that they get to. And sometimes it's at the expense of basically their livelihoods to a degree. Like not to say that they would be in the poorhouse or whatever or are, but I just know that AAU and, you know, all of these other things that they got to pay for, like it's, it's a lot of money. Um, there's, there's a lot of time and yeah, money invested and it's just, it's cool to see players when they make it big, giving some back to their family. So that was definitely the highlight of the weekend for me. I mean, I see a tweet that says Tyler Zeller is signing with the Spurs for the rest of the season. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Um, I saw that That's too. So we will at least have one Tar Heel playing in Roni, Layton, Orlando. Right. So maybe not a good. Th- 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry and congratulations. Yeah. I think on that same token, one of the worst things from this past week is Theo Pinson was waived from the Brooklyn Nets. That's a bad thing. That is a bad thing. Um, My bad thing which is, is everything interesting. Else about sports. Yeah, yeah. Just the I whole mean, thing. the fact that they're still really forcing this rebooting of the 2019 slash 2020 seasons and in baseball's case, 2020 period. Um, it's just, no, just no, stop it. Get some help. Tanya, do you have anything else? Brandon, I don't think I do. All right. Well, I will be very honest, audience. I don't know exactly when we will be back, but we will try to be back soon. Um, I want to start recording at least something for you guys a bit more frequently. Um, What I will probably try to do is just compile a couple things over a two-week span, uh, you know, one-week, two-week span, and then we'll come back to you with some more sports because I think right now we all kind of need it. So I just want to make sure that we get some of that. So even if it is us sitting here venting about how sports are losing their minds, trying to come back. So. Right. Yeah. Tanya, where can they find you on Twitter? I am at Tanya Bondurant. All right. And I am at THB Brandon. Once again, we will be back hopefully within the next week or two with something. I promise we will have something for you and try to keep y'all entertained in these very, very trying days. But until then, go Heels. Go Heels.